Welcome back to Schoolhouse Cracked. I'm Dr. MC. This is Mr. Brett Derrickson. Whoop, whoop. How's it going, everybody? We're excited today because we are filthy rich. Oh, yeah, we've got bands. We've yes. got bands, Brett. Yep, yeah, actually, yep. this is all fake money you see in front of you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Marcus, I don't know what you've what you've heard. It's, it's been, uh, it's coming up uh, in, in my school district and school districts around the area. Um, we've talked about the teacher shortage uh, before. Yep. Uh, school districts and communities are reacting to that. They know that teacher's important. Uh, the key to unlocking in- inspiration and interest in student learning and fostering that growth, we we have a local school district, a very popular school district, with 244 jobs posted for next year. And they've had somewhere between 156 jobs posted all year round. So school districts are showing the money. What's happening is in, uh, out of Denver, Colorado, a school district has taken the lead on raising base pay to a, a level that is uh, significant. In my school district, we are looking at pay raises. Uh, what's the downside uh, to all this money? Well, as a bit of a school finance nerd, um, one of the things that, that always strikes me is uh, schools and school districts are not revenue-generating ge- re- uh, revenue organizations like a business. So if you've got a great third quarter and you work for a, a tech firm, you can afford to give your employees raises, but uh, money for public ed is static based off of a variety of factors um, from the state and local revenues. Yeah. And when I say revenue, I mean local taxes. Yeah, and so there's nothing that you can do tomorrow uh, in, a, in a public school. As a superintendent, as a principal. Right, yeah. to, to generate more money. But for this purpose of the show today, folks, I do have 10 $100 bills here, $1,000 of my wife's own money. And every t- just to incentivize Dr. MC today, I just want you to know, anytime you say something that I don't anticipate that's really spot on, I'm going to go ahead and give you 100 Oh, that's a, that's a good carrot on a stick there. Yeah. Um, but it's, so we talk about what a, what a school district could do to raise revenue, and really the only thing kind of day-to-day is increase enrollment. Yeah. But we know in our state and nationwide we're seeing decreases in student enrollments, mm-hmm. and um, the, uh, the biggest school districts in our region and in our state are looking at um, uh, closing some schools because of decreased enrollment. So what does that mean? Decreased enrollment means less per pupil funding. Yeah. Dollars are tied to a kid, and if that kid leaves, the money leaves with the kid as well. Okay. But so we're trying to inc- we're trying to jack up jack up base pay. So starting pay for a first year first year teacher, right? And and uh, you talked about the district up north. Do you what was what was their number? What are they trying to? moved up to uh everybody's trying to get to this kind of fifty thousand dollar mark uh let's just go step back for just a, a couple of seconds one let's just make sure and i hope this is you know this is 101 and hope it's not condescending but schools are generally funded in two different ways uh dr mc just alluded to it peer pupil funding that is state tax dollars uh we do an october count this happens all over the country and we have to get as accurate as possible the number of students in our district and then we get money Mm -hmm. uh, for every single student uh, in the state of colorado they're worth the same price and then on top of that uh, this is where school funding gets controversial it's uh property taxes and it's local property local property in your school district and that and that has a, a lot to do uh with the quality uh of housing your school districts were inherently uh, have an inequity issue mm. on school funding, and that that might be for another episode. But we want to make sure that everybody understands, like that's pretty set. 
Yeah. And again, it doesn't matter how good your teachers do or how hard your students work or, or how interesting or engaging schools are, uh, that's how they're funded. We're in the state of Colorado, and we are proud to uh, boast in Colorado that we are not the lowest uh, uh, state uh, for funding schools. No, no. Sellers. Our celebration is what? We're like 48 Yes, we're sort of between pay. 48th and 49th in teacher <laughs> pay, which is awesome to always not be a and last. And one of the most expensive states to yes. live in behind yes. California and New York. Right, yeah. and we're also one of the states with the largest number of, of people with post-secondary degrees. So yeah. That's we, called the Colorado Paradox, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here we are all benefiting from our education and not putting yeah. it back. So a, l a little dig out there to the Colorado taxpayers, if, that, if that's our base. Uh, and we do have some really interesting legislation, which makes it hard for citizens actually to, to invest more in, uh, in their schools. But uh, just to be a little bit political nasty for a second, uh, that's where we're at. Here, though, what we're talking about is um, in our school district next year, we are looking at pay raises across the board, uh, raising the uh, base pay, which you were speaking of, and also increasing the pay of teachers, right. uh, which is an incentive to stay in our school district, and I am proud to say this, and if you do know where I work, I do work in a school district that values its adults, that cherishes its educators, and that tries to give us as fair a compensation as they possibly can, and I, I do appreciate that. But there is a cost for every cost, mm -hmm. and that's what I when, want to when, when the When the pot of money isn't expanding at the same rate as the raises are expanding, mm -hmm. um, where's, where's the difference coming from? And so, for example, if you're a district and you, you've got 70 mil in your general fund um, and you know you're going to have 70 mil in your general fund next year because of your student enrollment and local property taxes, um, but you're increasing pay. Well, if you're not increasing the pot of money, there's, there's going to be cuts. We, we know this. Any company is dealing with the same thing. So I think pay raises are all well-intentioned, absolutely, taking care of your folks. But inevitably, it potentially means you're not taking care of something else. So – I think you did a really good job of explaining that, but just for our audience, I do have one, two, three. I have seven one hundred dollar bills. What here. happened to ten? Are you skimming? You skimming from the top? You said you had ten. Hey, no, I don't. Need <laughs> a, you're not doing an audit, are you? Right now, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just holding seven right now. But I'm going to give you one hundred dollars, and because I really appreciate your comment there, but that Marcus, that just leaves me now with six in my hand, yeah. and yeah. there's nothing I can do. Uh, to get more, yeah. so just to just to yeah. illustrate it, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic or condescending, but the, the whole point is, is is if I if I take a percentage of our general fund and, and put it into our teachers, uh, that money is gone, and I and I'm I'm for that, Marcus. What are the things though, um, and from the many positions that you've worked at, from from higher mm -hmm. ed to being a principal to being assistant principal, mm -hmm. and and different things, and, and for those of you guys that don't totally know. Uh, Marcus, he's he's just fiscally sound, and, and there's a you know, much to my wife's more. dismay. Yeah, yeah, but but you 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 really you really are detail oriented. You really are uh, savvy and conservative uh, with personal finance. Where do you see these organizations as they raise teacher pay? Let's say five percent, maybe even mm -hmm. up to ten percent. What's going to suffer? Well, some of it's going to be support positions, mm -hmm. and so um, you know inevitably that may mean. Uh, we're hiring for one less bus driver this mm -hmm. year, even if we're giving bus drivers pay raises. We're hiring one less paraeducator teacher aide. Um, but where, where often we see this is in those kind of ghost line items that mm -hmm. as a teacher you might not see, as a parent you might not see, but ultimately 
uh, a building principal is going to have to make some cuts because rather than having a hundred thousand dollar building budget um, where, where they can spend on supplies, materials, curriculum, now they've got eighty or yep. maybe they've got seventy, and so you start to see these cuts in regard to classroom materials, field trips, um, so fewer field trips. Um, you start to see it in, in, you know, every couple of years you get new curriculum in different department areas. So now instead of every three years we get a new math curriculum, now it's every four or five years we're getting a new math curriculum. And so you start to see them stretch, you start to see districts stretch the dollar in other areas or just not fill positions that after somebody retires, they're not going to fill that position now. Yeah. And so you start to see these cuts. So in a, in a department of maybe 30 English teachers at a high school, um, they all got pay raises. But one of those teachers is retiring this year, and so now we're not going to fill that position. So now we have 29 English teachers, which means every teacher now has three extra kids in each one of their classes next year. And so these little subtle changes you'll, you'll notice. And so I, I'm right with you. I agree there should be pay raises. Yeah. But, but there, there's going to be a, a second and third order consequence there. Dr. MC, I, yeah. would, I would say, though, that if, if we Give me a damn dollar. No. 100 bucks. No. No, that's <laughs> mine. You just – no, but you. The point is, is that I don't think that they're they're subtle, uh, because we want all things out of our schools. So. Well, I mean, when you when you now get uh, ten thousand copies a year at the copy machine as a social studies teacher, but now you can only get two thousand copies. Yeah, that's something that isn't obvious initially, but you feel it at semester. No, I yeah, think yeah. I do. I, I if I had fifty dollar bills, I'd have given you a fifty, uh, because Partial I think a, a lot a lot of them. No, it's it's just yeah. that it's just that the the point is is that are a lot of them are subtle. But I don't want to, I don't want to step away from the ones that that aren't. Yeah. Like I, I am a, an educator. I understand school finance. I also understand what it means to lose a bus driver, mm-hmm. uh, lose a paraeducator. My wife Schedule may not fewer field trips. Right, yeah. and I and I adore and I love my wife. But if I if I go home to her today and say, hey, you know, uh, we're going to have to cut one of our paras and we're going to lose a bus driver. Um, She's going to look at me like, hey, say something interesting. Right. But for families whose child needs a paraeducator or who for families who whose child now has to get up a half an hour earlier because we're we're doing bus routes, so school doesn't actually now start until 8.30, but your kid, because they ride the bus, is up at 6 a.m., and right. you're trying to get them breakfast, but they have to, they actually have to take an hour-long bus ride mm-hmm. for a 20-minute commute because they're running extra routes. These, these things that come across as a small deal, like we have one less right. bus driver or we have one less para, uh, actually really do impact, and typically they're kids mm-hmm. or teachers that are on the periphery, and it's, yeah. it's not – uh, you know, a small deal. Like, and you and I got into it a little. Literally, we got into it before this show about about how our school's going to make some cuts. And and Marcus, mm-hmm. as a school counselor, and and myself, it had having been a, a core teacher, we had a little bit of a discussion about where where these positions should be cut. Mm-hmm. And 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 you rightfully are an advocate for the social emotional needs mm-hmm. and for the academic counseling needs of students. And I and I'm thinking, well, geez, you can't you can't increase my class from from 22 to 25 because it's not 22 to 25. The parents at home want to have their kids in honors classes, mm-hmm. and so those honors and AP classes and international baccalaureate classes those are kept small. Yeah. So it's not 22 to 25 for in your That's child's average, class. Yeah. yeah. In your child's class, it might have gone from 27 yeah. to 29, mm-hmm. and uh, of students that maybe are less motivated. So it's like. It's it, the point, folks, is that the show me the money. Uh, when it comes to retaining teachers, you just get what you pay for. Mm. 
you know, there's really no yeah. re-slicing the pie here. Well, and, and so thinking more large scale, we know most of this funding comes from, from state and local local taxes. And there is some federal funding that comes in depending on the nature of your school. Um, but there, I've been tracking some a proposed bill that, that I'm all for, but in all honesty, it doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. Um, but uh, proposed by Bernie Sanders to increase base pay for all teachers um, to uh, $60,000 a year. And, I, I mean, that's a great number depending on where you live. In some states, that's actually a reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're in central New York City, that's a pay cut. Yeah. If you're in rural Nebraska, you're making bank. Yeah. And so there's there's still some considerations there. And, again, where's that money going to come mm-hmm. from? And it's going to come from federal taxes. Um, because, again, we're not generating revenue in public education. It's nonprofit. It's mm-hmm. public sector. And so I, it's it's something you and I have yet to reconcile. Is we, we our hearts are are in the right place here, and we both agree with it. But just understanding cash flow, like you yeah. know, it, unless we re, revamp the school finance law, or revamp federal the federal government's role in local education, which there, there's a big argument around on both sides there. Um, where's where's that money going to come from? Yeah, and it's it just comes down to you know why are we having this conversation? We're having this conversation uh, because this is schoolhouse cracked, and we are looking at those things that challenge the foundation of what we believe is ultimately uh, the most important institution in our country and in our democracy and in our economy. And you mentioned it earlier. There enrollments are down. Uh, this is not a critique for me, Marcus, and you know how I feel about some of these things, but uh, charter schools are are born out of this idea that that a unique lens or approach to education might be what's exactly right for mm-hmm. my kid. So I'm not going to criticize charter schools. I'm not going to criticize parochial or private schools or, or any of the growing magnet schools or niche well, let's programs. Be honest, they still get that per-pupil funding with yeah. when that kid moves if you're in a choice state, and so they're going to have the same problem. Yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, developing online schools, um, I mean, we, we, you might at home be like, oh, online schools or homeschooling this, but we don't, we don't know why families are making those choices. That could be because of significant medical needs. That could be uh, because of, of just household needs. I, I love that we have a capitalist and a wide-ranging approach to learning in our country. The, what I am simply saying is I can't sit down and have a finance conversation with a parent who tells me the bus isn't here. This is complete and total incompetence. Well, and, ma'am, and you need to write your local <laughs> representative yeah. to support House Bill 1597, yeah. which will increase per pupil for rural areas tied to yeah. suburban funding for reading money. You're right. Like that, no, that, first of all, that's, none of that is true or accurate, mm-hmm. and it's actually nonsense is what I just mm-hmm. said. Yeah. But that's what a parent's going to hear anyway yeah. if their kid can't get to school on time because of our busing schedule. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and nobody – one of the neat things, you, as you know, that I get to do as part of my school district is recruiting teachers from, from out of state. And I, I love it. I love meeting uh, young people. I love going to universities and finding out how higher ed is impacting, like, the development, uh, which I think is really exciting, the development of, of, of new teachers. But at the same time, it also turns me into a bit of a charlatan or a crook mm. when I'm saying, hey, come live in the front range. It's beautiful here. Uh, you know, I hope you like ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, you know, the you know the point is is that we we are it's it's expensive it's expensive to live here. Yeah. Um. We, in, in many places across the country, on a teacher salary. Right. Absolutely. And do I want them to make more money and twice as much money? You know, of of course. 
but I also want them to have access to curriculum. Yeah. I want them to have access to um, niche professionals like instructional coaches yeah. or reading interventionists that are going to make them more effective in their classrooms and help them meet the unique needs of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this, while, while we are changing and attracting or trying to attract more people into education through a higher base pay, we are going to be cutting off um, our left hand in spite of are uh, yeah, right and in uh, Robin Peter paper whatever your favorite cliche is insert it right here there's just a limited amount of cash and and I agree with everything you just said absolutely where's the money coming yeah. from I I cannot let it slide however and I agree reading interventionists and access to them are very important however when you were arguing that point you said reading interventionalist <laughs> <laughs> and there's a level of irony I couldn't let pass up um but I absolutely – and so f- uh, for everybody watching home, parents and teachers, um, are you a teacher who, who your district's looking at a base pay raise? Um, are you a teacher whose district's not and you're thinking about moving because of that? Are you a parent and you support this but are trying to figure out how this makes sense and reconcile what that looks like for your tax dollars? So let us know your thoughts, opinions, comments at uh, schoolhousecorrect at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at that button right below us here. Uh, download us on all your favorite podcast channels. But Brett's fi- Brett, final – Brett's – I did it just now too, ah. damn it. Uh, final thoughts here on where the money's coming from. Yeah, and if you can find a reigning interventionalist, you get a free $100 <laughs> courtesy of Schoolhouse Cracked. By the way, we do have a nice sign uh, here. I hope you guys notice. But at the end of the day, please please let this conversation enter in, into your households. Um, school finance is actually not much more complex than personal finance. If you want to yeah. get uh, upgrade your car and you're going to pay a little bit more money for that per month, uh, then something's going to happen to the grocery bill or to maintenance of the house or you're putting at jeopardy, uh, you know, whatever you can pay for, for extraneous expenses. And in schools, uh, it, every dollar counts and, and it matters. People matter most, and I'm proud of my school district and the school districts up north that are deciding to put money uh, into the pockets of teachers because I really do feel like if we can hire high-quality people that we can uh, figure out how to cover our bases. But with that being said, you, you can't have it all. You can't have the buses and the mm-hmm. busing. You can't have the, you know, the special educators and the, and the unique programs like STEM programs. And eventually, folks, we're going to get back into that point where we were at a decade ago where we're no longer looking at vocational programs or technical things. Not everything can be paid for. Uh, so please think about what uh, your child's education is worth mm-hmm. and uh, learn a little bit more about how your schools are funded, what your state does, how competitive your state is, and certainly weigh in. All right. So thanks for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked. Send us your thoughts. Show us your money. Let us know what you think. We'll see you in our next episode.